It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW, Sitka. Today is Friday, April 15th. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this is Raven News. Seismologists have detected some unusual activity below the long-dormant Mount Edgecombe volcano near Sitka. Its last major eruption was 4,500 years ago. The Alaska Volcano Observatory reports that a swarm of small earthquakes occurred somewhere deep below the crater beginning on April 11, but it's too early to tell if it signals an eruption is on the way. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. Mount Edgecombe is just 12 kilometers from the Queen Charlotte Fault, where the North American Plate and the Pacific Plate are slipping in opposite directions at the rate of about 2 inches per year. So there's always a lot of ordinary background tectonic activity in the area. But the swarm on April 11th was out of the ordinary. So that's what sort of makes this current um, bit of activity different, that there have been some larger earthquakes in sort of the the magnitude 2 range that are locatable, but also many, many that are too small to be located. Dave Schneider is a geophysicist with the U.S. Geological Survey's Alaska Volcano Observatory in Anchorage. The swarm consisted of these larger magnitude 2 quakes accompanied by hundreds of smaller ones, all relatively shallow at around 5 to 10 kilometers below sea level. The swarm didn't knock anyone out of bed in Sitka, which is about 12 miles from the crater, but it was big enough for seismic stations in Sitka and elsewhere in Alaska to locate it accurately. A two is a a good-sized rock-breaking earthquake um, at a volcano, but also nothing to be, you know, nothing that's going to make your jaw drop and, and, and be really alarmed either. Schneider says the April 11th swarm has tapered off a bit, which is a good thing, but that doesn't mean the event is over. He says that in the medical world, they call it watchful waiting. Seismic swarms at volcanoes can wax and wane. I mean, they could start off with a bang and you know sort of fizzle out. They can they can sort of start with a with a whimper and, and increase, or they can you know sort of oscillate back and forth. And so we're just going to be in a period of just watching and sort of seeing what, what what's going on. We're a long way off from an eruption, an imminent eruption, or an eruption at all. Jason Schmidt is the geoscience coordinator at the Sitka Sound Science Center. When she heard from a community member that there was a quake below Mount Edgecombe, she called the U.S. Geological Survey and learned about the swarm even before the Alaska Volcano Observatory issued its preliminary report. I had been talking to a seismologist there who assured me that the earthquakes were very small, which is true, but it's unusual for them to be happening beneath Mount Edgecombe in the pattern that they're seeing now. Schmidt considers Mount Edgecombe an exciting research opportunity. There are no concrete plans yet, but she hopes the Science Center can assist the USGS with local monitoring of the volcano. There's some talk of having equipment installed on Kruzov, because right now the equipment that they're using to locate the earthquakes beneath Mount Edgecombe, those seismic instruments are in Sitka and in other places, but not right on the island itself. Dave Schneider shares Schmidt's enthusiasm. There are 90 volcanoes in Alaska, four of which are currently erupting along the Aleutian chain. There's even another seismic swarm occurring at the Davidoff volcano far out in the chain. That Mount Edgecombe is showing signs of activity is not all that unusual, geologically speaking. The last major eruption was 4,500 years ago. He thinks there are a couple of ways this could go. 
the best case scenario for everyone, you know, if you don't like eruptions, is that is that it dies out. The other possibility is more appealing to fans of eruptions and doesn't necessarily mean disaster. You know, the oral tradition is that 800 years ago there there was some activity, but it was it was minor. You know, if you look at the big scale of, of volcanic activity, minor activity is much more common than big activity. Schneider says that the Alaska Volcano Observatory will keep more than an eye on Mount Edgecombe. Satellite radar data collection is already underway to monitor the crater for deformation in the event that magma or hydrothermal fluids cause the mountain to inflate. Other warning signs might be more earthquakes, larger earthquakes, or the emission of gases. That would help us home in, perhaps, on an eruption scenario, says Schneider. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. 46 new coronavirus cases were reported in Sitka yesterday, bumping the community's COVID alert level back up to medium. Sitka was only in low alert for the first week of April, with only 14 cases reported that week. It was the first time the community had been in low since the Centers for Disease Control updated community guidelines. They updated them to weigh hospitalizations more heavily and raised the threshold of new cases required to increase the alert level. Earlier this week, the Sitka School District was reporting 13 active cases connected to district buildings, including nine at Keat Gushihin Elementary and four at Sitka High School. The district will report an updated case count twice a week on Mondays and Fridays. Sitka Schools Superintendent Frank Hauser has been passed over as superintendent of the Anchorage School District. Hauser was one of three finalists for the Anchorage job. The Anchorage School Board announced Thursday that it had selected Jarrett Bryant to take over for Superintendent Dina Bishop on July 1st. Bryant, 32, currently leads the Office of Talent at the Houston Independent School District. That's the largest school district in Texas. He has also worked as an assistant superintendent and college advisor in that district. He was a geometry teacher for two years in Houston's YES Prep Public School Charter System. Bryant will begin work on July 1st, and his starting salary will be $250,000 per year. Bryant was also a finalist this year for the superintendent position at the Oregon City School District. Last year, he was a finalist for the same position at the Salt Lake City School District. According to his resume, Bryant has a bachelor's degree in psychology from Yale University and a doctorate and master's in education from the University of Texas at Austin. In 2021, Forbes named him one of 50 champions of communities of color, and in 2019, the magazine named him in its 30 Under 30 for education. Frank Hauser has served as Sitka superintendent for one academic year. The Sitka School Board is scheduled to evaluate him in executive session next Monday evening and consider another contract offer. A Juno-based airline is adding a new daily circuit that will connect Wrangell, Sitka, and Petersburg. As KSDK's Sage Smiley reports, Alaska Seaplane says the new southeast route will start flying May 26. The smallest of the buildings at Wrangell's small airport is a brown and white trailer. As of now, it's pretty much empty. It used to be the U.S. Customs Office, but it's currently owned by Alaska Seaplanes, which plans to start using it next month. That Right now, looks kind of retro 60s, but we're going to try to update it and get it ready for service. Andy Klein is the marketing manager for the Juno-based airline that, despite its name, operates mostly wheel-based turboprops. 
you know, every time we get to a new route, it's really like kind of starting a new business. You know, you have to get people there and train up and we're having discussions as basic as we need stairs, you know, we need, what vehicle should we have there? De-icer, all that stuff goes into starting up even just a daily, even just a one-stop daily route. So it's an exciting time for us. And we think it's going to be a really important link for the people of Wrangell. Alaska Seaplane says it aims to begin flying the route May 26th. The daily flight will depart Sitka at 1 p.m. in the afternoon, touching down in Petersburg and Wrangell before returning to Sitka by 3 p.m. Alaska Seaplanes already has flights that run to and from Petersburg and Sitka, but Wrangell is the new addition, the company's 15th southeast community it will serve. There's a lot of uh, travel that goes, commerce and people that goes back and forth between Wrangell and a lot of other communities in southeast, especially Sitka, Petersburg, that kind of route. So there's been a need for a long time. Alaska Seaplanes started twice daily flights between Petersburg and Juneau a little over a year ago. Wrangell is currently served by twice-daily Alaska Airlines jets, one northbound, one southbound. Alaska seaplanes won't be operating on that kind of a scale. I mean, our planes are nine-passenger planes, you know, so it's a, it's a very small segment, but it's a needed segment, especially when we're talking about medical transport for people. Sometimes that very direct route is really a lifeline for people to get the medical attention they need. Klein says the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium, which owns and operates Wrangell's hospital, had asked the company to look into setting up a route linking Wrangell and Sitka, where Search is headquartered. They've had this request in to us for a while now, and we just had to, you know, as you can imagine, there's a lot to work through to get airplanes into scheduled service into a community. We've had to work through that for the last year or so. While the company is called Alaska Seaplanes, Wrangell won't be receiving new floats. Klein says the route will be run by one of two planes. One could be the Cessna 208B Grand Caravan. They're really a great versatile airplane, especially for conditions in southeast Alaska. They can take off and land in um, in, in sort of short con- shorter conditions and with lower visibility than a lot of other airplanes. So they're, they're a great airplane. The airline also operates Pilatus PC-12s, which are faster. Klein describes them as the Ferraris of the Alaska Seaplanes fleet, flying 300 miles per hour with pressurized cabins. Both planes carry nine passengers, but either way, it'll be less than an hour's flying time between legs. Alaska Seaplanes hasn't published its new fares yet. We want our pricing to be competitive. Um, so, you know, we, we're, we're still working on that. The, the pricing will be a little dynamic. Other than office preparations, Klein says everything else is pretty much in place to begin running flights on May 26th. You know, maybe get the shag carpeting out of there. I don't know. Maybe we'll keep the shag. We'll see what kind of condition it's in. <laughs> in addition to Alaska Airlines jet service, Wrangell also has one air charter, Sunrise Aviation, but it doesn't run scheduled flights. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this has been Raven News.